Welcome to Encounter Grace, where we come face to face with God's work in the world for our good. Join host Jason McKnight as we explore practical issues of community, theology, and leadership in everyday life. Welcome, and we're glad you're with us. I'm Jason McKnight, and I'm here with Ben Hendricks. Ben, how are you? Doing very well. How are you? Well, it's a great day, and what I'm wondering is if our gang out there listening, the community far and wide, 48 countries, 6,000, no, I don't know how many people, how many <laughs> countries, but I don't know if they know this about you, Ben, is that you're a fantastic cook. So Ben is almost a chef. Are, is that okay? Is that a... <laughs> Uh, I think the chefs would disagree, but I wholeheartedly believe it. No, I mean, he was telling us the other day how he makes his own pizza dough, and it actually takes eight hours that he has to keep checking in on it. I thought, man, I've never done anything eight hours in a row, so that that that's amazing. And I remember you did ribeyes in the skillet and then pop them in the oven. It was great. One day he came into the office with little beignets, which are like a New Orleans treat. I, I call them donuts, but anyway... Uh, it's just awesome. Like, I didn't know that about you when we hired you, but we're glad <laughs> I'm the benefit. Well, I, kn- I knew Janessa was the key there, so I didn't want to mess anything else up. So. It's true. She, when she came on that interview, we knew we had a keeper. So, Ben, you're about to have a baby. Yep. And the deal is you're not going to give the baby a ribeye. Like, you might be a good chef, but you're a rookie dad. So let me tell you, <laughs> do, not give, do not give the newborn a ribeye. No teeth, no ability to digest that red meat. So that's where we're going. As we get older in life, we're going to taste all sorts of stuff, not just the mother's milk or the smashed up carrots and peas. You're going to get to serve those too. They're so gross. But (laughs) the delicacies like Alaskan king, king crab and all that kind of stuff. And as we get older in life and we eat more widely, one of the things is this. You learn how to chew the meat but avoid the bone. So Amen. whether it's a T-bone or whether it's, you know, maybe salmon where the bone is still in it, or even like with the, with the crab, sometimes you crack that shell and a little bit of the shell gets in and you, know, you just got to get it out of your mouth. I've actually know? been cut by it before. I'm not sad. <laughs> been Hopefully wounded by a dead tongue. crab. So our lives, we learn how to chew the meat and spit out the bone of the things we eat, but we also do it for the things we read hmm. and watch and listen to. How do you get the good that's in there and set aside the bad? And what do you know? I mean, how do you know what is the good and what is the bad? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. That is what we're going to talk about today. Chewing the meat and spitting out the bone. Because if we don't learn how to do this, here's why we're talking about yeah. this. If we don't learn how to do this, you have a list of approved authors. It's true. And that's a disaster because the next step after that is burning books. Yep. <laughs> like So we yeah. have to learn how to figure things out on our own so that we can, in conjunction with the Holy Spirit, led by the Word of God in the community of faith, know how to chew the meat that's out there and spit out the bones. So, Ben, talk us through this. What are we doing? Well, I think one of the reasons why I enjoy this so much is because in the culture that we're in, which is so much of a cancel culture at some point, that chewing mm. the meat and spitting out the bones is kind of the opposite of that. Oh, it's, that's a good point. It's being willing to just sit in the kind of the... The, some of the more difficult things and saying, look, I could just cancel this because there's this one little bone or I could try to try to sit in it. Or maybe the bone is really big and the meat may seem small, but, and that changes how we spend our time in it. Right. But it doesn't necessarily mean we need to get rid of it completely. And so it's a very complicated thing. It's super messy, but fortunately it comes from a place that's not scripture. Mm-hmm. And we see this mm-hmm. very clearly in Hebrews 5 verses 12 to 14. So the author says it this way, for though, uh, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, 
not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. And it's that last sentence where I think we get so much. And we, if, if you look at the passage, uh, you, you'll quickly see a spectrum. Hmm. That on one side, far to the left, is infancy and milk. That infants get milk because that's what they're able to digest. But far on the other end is maturity, where there's meat. And often there in meat is bone. So here's the big idea. The more mature we get, the tougher the truth we can handle. Hmm. That where we start, we start off with the milk. It's easy. It goes down nice. It's full of nutrients. It's got the fat. It's got what we need. But as we mature, we start being able to handle more and more difficult things. So the truth is that it... That is often simple. It goes down easy to ones that we must then mull over, wrestle with, and then chew on. That's the meat. Mm -hmm. So here's the big claim that the author starts with, that all of Scripture is true. So that's called, theologically, the inerrancy of Scripture. Mm -hmm. That it's the final say. That's the authority of Scripture. And then that it is all that is needed. That's the sufficiency of Scripture. But here's the key, in the intent of God's word. So the rest of this podcast is going to be framed in those three things at some level, Mm. that we believe all of those things. We believe scripture is inerrant. We believe it is authoritative, and we believe it's sufficient in all of its intents and the things that it's mean. But here's the problem. As we grow and mature, we will unfortunately face ideas, concepts, and more amongst all of the goodness of scripture that won't be true, that won't be good but will ultimately be evil and wrong. We'll face them out in life. Yep. Yeah. And as we grow, we need the ability to be able to discern the good from the mm-hmm. bad, mm-hmm. the right from the wrong, and oftentimes the biblical from the unbiblical. Like, to be honest, this is why so many of us, like for parents, why we get so nervous when our kids go off and stay with someone for the first time, or when we send our kids off to college for the first time. Like, because of this reason, life isn't Eden. Lies, mm-hmm. evil, wrong, and so much more is living amongst us, and we must be able to decipher them, to to kind of wrestle through them. Yeah. Because in life, black and white is rarer than we think. And so we can't just have a list of approved people we can learn from or read or listen to or watch or whatever. Yep. I mean, we have to do the hard work of finding the bones in the meat and throwing it out. Absolutely, because that just like I was saying, the problem is that a large portion of our lives is navigating ideas, the values, mm-hmm. beliefs, thoughts yeah. that are yes. uh, interspersed with biblical truths, and et cetera. And I think that often looks like two things, and we'll talk a little bit more about some of the examples. So if this seems a little complicated, that it'll be like the first one example is that it's like non-biblical actions, thoughts, or beliefs. So something non-biblical that's based on a biblical truth. But then on the other side are the biblical things the actions, the thoughts, the beliefs that come straight from the Bible that end up with non-biblical categories or thoughts. And so the main difference there is just simply where they begin. Mm. Are they beginning in Scripture or are they beginning outside? And then how do they mix? And we get to figure out how to, how to get truth out of that. So let's yeah. give some examples. Yeah. I mean, of, of what are we talking about here and, and how this works um, in, you know, and, and really, we can talk inside of our corner of Christianity, inside of Christianity, and then, and then in the world at large, really. Yeah. You know, like, every one of us, like, y- we have never listened to anyone or read someone that we 
probably agree with 100%. Yeah. And if we have, we've probably checked out. Yeah. Because <laughs> nobody's perfect. And I, what I find is it's in, like, I actually think this subject or this topic can be a little foreign to a lot of us because, and I see that on uh, our social media posts, mm-hmm. like on Twitter when we'll reference people and, and almost there's always this line that almost everyone adds and it's, well, I don't agree with everything they say, but I agree with this. Mm-hmm. And so that is an example of, of somewhat chewing the meat and spitting out yeah. the bones. But it's, it's like we're almost not comfortable as if that's not the assumption of things that we do. Like to, well, because we've all been on those threads, yeah. <laughs> the comment threads after, yeah. you, you know. And, they, and, and, the, and the person doesn't even engage what's on, the, on yeah. the original post. They just say, but that guy back in 1912 said. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's so sad. Okay, so as we mature, we start to wrestle with deeper issues. We don't just um, hang on to the milk, mm. we get to eat better as sure. we mature in Christ. We get to wrestle with truth in natural life and in our spiritual life, and we get to explore more. Um, so what happens as we start to face things that, hmm, they start seeming untrue, or are they, or how do I gauge? Like, yeah. help us through this. Help us into, all right, yeah. how do I know where the bones are and the meat and all that kind of stuff? Well, uh, I remember growing up, uh, I was always really good at math and, uh, it was equations usually no matter the difficulty. Like I, I just could figure them out. I could pick them up easily. Like algebra one, two, calculus one, two, like those were things that I could fairly easily figure out. But my problem was always the word problems. We would get to those huh. and like the proofs and geometries. I know because you're a geometry I'm fan. I'm a geometry guy. Like I would struggle with those because he was taking all of this mass amount of information and having to distill it and figure it out. Right. You see, the, the equation was here are the things that are true and you have to figure out how they work out to get to the end result. Okay, I, I can do something with that. But when it's all of this information, all of these things that you have to, okay, so maybe this needs to be in there, maybe this one doesn't. Why, where did this come from? Figuring all those things out, I would get very, I would get a little confused and I would get muddled and- The train it, left at yeah. three o'clock from- Yeah, uh, and, yeah. and so uh, I actually think life is a lot like word problems and mm. less like equations as mm. I wish it was. And so as the guy who's really good at equations, not as word problems, I get to teach <laughs> on chewing the means, spitting out the bones today. And so uh, I, so the problem for, for me and many of us is life is rarely filled with equations, but it is always filled with word problems. And mm. so I actually think this is very similar to our discussion today, that many of us read our Bibles and we know it enough to quote it. We, we know the passages. We, we, know, we even know some theology, and we're even familiar with large stories, the info that's there, what we know to be true, and what we even believe. Those are the equations. So the problem is life isn't, again, filled with equations, filled with word problems, because lots of information put together that we're forced to decipher and then to evaluate, decide what matters and what we should hold on to, Mm -hmm. to figure out on the fly what really is important, to know the truth despite the convincing lies. Is this starting to sound a little bit like actual life? Yeah, right. It's ultimately to distinguish meat from bone. And so... Not meat from word problems. Yeah, no. <laughs> just the meat from the bone. No, that's really good, though, Like because the study of Scripture is like, like in the math, in, it's the equations, and that's our tools yep. because you take the equation into the word problem. Yeah. But the word problem, you got a lot of extra stuff that they try to trip you up with because they're trying to mess you up as a 12th yeah, grader. Yeah, absolutely. Right? But and, th- so the meat and then 
and then we get into the word problem of life and we have this meat, but there's also bones out there and we got to figure all that out. Yeah. And there's just so much going on and we have to be able to decipher and, and evaluate and figure all those things out. So I love uh, mixing metaphors. Yeah. Right. There's so many here, but what we want to do is be as simple as let's be yeah. as clear as possible over these next four. I want to offer mm-hmm. four keys to sift, to sift through truth. There's the sift the truth from the error and the stuff that we read or we listen to, or even the people we follow. Mm-hmm. So four keys to sift truth from error. So here's the Great. first one. It's very foundational. It's very basic. And it's one that we'll probably outroll our eyes at. But here it is. To know the difference between meat and bone. Yeah. We have, if we're ever going to distinguish meat from bone, we have to know the difference. So how do we do that? Well, one, we need a biblical worldview. Mm-hmm. Uh, last week in the podcast, what you're going, yeah, right. <laughs> last week in the podcast, we 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 were just talking about this. We gave five elements of a biblical worldview, and that all begin to answer the question of what's right, what's wrong, what's good, where did we come from, what mm-hmm. are we meant to do. Mm-hmm. These things begin to be those glasses that we put on, yeah. maybe the Coke bottles for some of us, that <laughs> help us understand the world that we're living in, understand mm-hmm. what is going on, where how we need to live our lives, where we may need to live our lives, and what we need to be doing. These ground us, these five elements, or, and the ultimately a biblical worldview, ground us in objective truth. So here's the result. The better and quicker we are able to know, to know these things, to be able to distinguish meat from bone, the better off we will be hmm. in our lives hmm. as we're just able to just evaluate what's going on in our lives. Let me give everybody a quick example of one that I, I just see all the time. Right. And it's a current cultural moment of tolerance. Hmm. And we hear tolerance, we see that's a really, really good thing. And I get it that. Is, yeah. Because, and here's what's going on. Like we as a culture, we want to accept and love people, which let's be honest, like that is a bi- part of a biblical worldview yeah. to accept and to love people. Like Christ has called us to love people like at a cost. Mm-hmm. And, to, and to offer hospitality, which yeah. is acceptance where they are. Yeah. But here's the problem mm-hmm. in that endeavor. Here's the bone. In that endeavor, we often are forgetting that there are really things that are right and wrong in those. Like that's the fourth biblical or element of a biblical worldview. Mm-hmm. There is right and wrong. That it's easy amongst our hope for of tolerance, for acceptance and loving people and, and hospitality. Like that comes mm-hmm. from a Christian worldview where, where it's being borrowed there. Like it's right. People like we're losing the reality that God is holy and that there really is right and wrong. Mm-hmm. And we're losing, for, to gain one, we're, we're often losing sight of several others. That things are good and things are bad. We have to have a biblical worldview mm-hmm. we, to decipher everything because right. here's the truth. We often can change our, our vision. We kind of, we can get a little taller, get a little shorter, we, whether we sit down, whether we go to the left, go to the right. Like we can always change the way we see things, but a biblical worldview grounds us into reality. Mm-hmm and into objective truth, and we need that. But here's the next the next few, and I'm, I'll read them all together, and then we'll kind of break them down. And so next three is that we need to eat broadly, chew slowly, and swallow carefully. I so love it. let's talk about the first one first, eat broadly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, the, uh, and, the, and the metaphor or the, uh, of, of chewing the bones. meat and spitting out the bones, we need to be people who are eating broadly, because here's my concern. Many of us are only eating from the exact same menu we're eating the exact same meal or from the exact same plate and we never venture out. Because it's not so bad, right? Because what we found is comfortable. 
we found our lane. We found the people we like to listen to because mm-hmm. we know they're safe. We know what we know what they're going to say is we're going to agree with. We found what works for us. We know the best parts. We know where maybe even the bones are in some places. Mm-hmm. And we know how to pick around those and never actually have to deal with it. Maybe we throw away some of the steak. But we stay there. Mm-hmm. And to everyone there, I just want to like, I think we need to know that we need to be confident that we don't always have to avoid things based on difficulty or because they're outside of our lane. Because here's the truth, and we all need to hear this. All truth is God's truth, hmm. all of it. Yep. Uh, a, a theologian who's a, just a, I mean, one that I read, he wrote a book called From Creation to Consummation. He, he talks about Satan's kingdom and that all all of the truth, that, or all, everything that, that Satan, all of his power, every. Every, all of his dominion, all of it, is only based, it's like a parasitic kingdom where it can only live on, on top of God's kingdom. Hmm. So that any truth, any reality, anything that comes from Satan has to be based on something true and right from God. That he perverts. That he perverts. Yeah. And so it's, the, it's, convinced, and it's the idea that convincing lies are always built upon a truth. And so again, like in that we have to, and so we need to be careful but we can also be confident because the truly convincing lies are only being borrowed because they're truths from God. That even the greatest lies are simply borrowing, mm-hmm. often stealing truth and perverting it, like you were just saying, mm-hmm. to get to whatever end that they're at. And so what I think we see a lot of examples, and I'll give one, and why don't you give another? Mm-hmm. Uh, one that I often see is monogamy and marriage. I think there are a lot of cultures right now that are going like that are actually highlighting an, uh, monogamy and marriage, mm-hmm. and right now they're reaping the benefits mm-hmm. of of the of what's that what that's doing for for uh, relationships in general, but also the next generation, so the children that they're having, uh, as well as the society in general, and that's true for even these places that don't know the gospel. They're they're getting some of the benefits. Yeah. What else? Yeah, yeah, we can we can eat broadly because God's all truth is God's truth. I remember being on a panel on the local news mm-hmm. for about a week during Sweeps Week. They they I don't know why they called me, but anyway, uh, several religious leaders were on the sixth pastor or religious leader panel. There was a Jewish uh, synagogue leader, a Catholic priest, um, a liberal Presbyterian leader, me, an African American pastor, and a Muslim. Uh, cultural center leader. Like, I don't think he was an, an imam, but he was representing the Muslim okay. worldview. And there we were talking about all these hot button issues, according to the news. And, you know, it was just fascinating that uh, the African-American pastor and myself were closest on most things. And the Muslim uh, leader was exactly in line with us on things like marriage and mm-hmm. like uh, abortion, I mean, here's these other three over here saying all these great things about, you know, a woman's body. And here's the three of us saying, yeah, but how about the little woman inside the baby, yeah. <laughs> or the baby in there? And I mean, it was just fascinating. But there, yeah. you know, I wouldn't say the, uh, an Islamic worldview at all is biblical, but man, they have some pieces of truth there. Yeah. And they're Amen. pro-life in that. Yeah. Uh, at least this guy, as he expressed it. Yeah. And so I just, I think there are two problems if we don't uh, eat broadly. Yeah. Yeah. And the first one is... A pretty obvious one. It's that we miss out on a lot of meat that might nourish us. There are a lot of little yeah, things out there, little pieces of meat that will be healthy that may actually uh, 
encapsulate things for us for a little bit or, or answer it a little bit differently or in, in, and help us see things in a new way that we may often miss if we're too scared to venture out to try a different meal, to eat from a different plate or to go to a different, to try mm-hmm. a different menu. Mm-hmm. But here's the second one is, uh, and you may have to help me kind of parse this one out or like, because this one can be a bit confusing, is that I think here's a problem. We can fall into the temptation to call things that are actually meat bone huh. because we don't like that meat because we don't like it. Yeah, I got you. And so maybe that piece of meat's not our flavor. Maybe you're a red meat kind of guy and that's chicken, or maybe you don't like veal or you've mm-hmm. never been into venison and it's easy to look at it and you're like, well, the whole thing must be bone because I've tried it before and it wasn't good and I can get anything from it. Mm-hmm. And so we do this a lot. Like we start believing things that are true or at least within orthodoxy that might just not be our flavor. And so we start dismissing it, believing that we never needed to actually try it. And it's easy to do this. And I, I struggled with this uh, going through seminary a good bit yeah. of having to wrestle through, well, and actually asking the question, like, is this just objectively right or is this the camp that I'm in? And right. wondering why, like, well, these guys who are so much smarter than I am, I'm trying to be, I'm being really honest, like these guys are much smarter than I am. And they, they've walked the, lo- uh, the Lord longer, and they just know him better. And they clearly love the Lord, but they're still over here. Like, mm-hmm. what? Are they just absolutely wrong? Or do I actually, maybe I need to go over there and try mm-hmm. what, they're, tr- what they're eating. And maybe what they're at, where they're at, it doesn't, isn't just bone. It has some meat. And what I always found was almost completely, there was always so much meat to have. And it didn't always change my opinion or change my mind. But I learned that there are so many other places where meat can be had that I just thought was bone. Mm-hmm. You know, and you look back in the history of the church, and you see they used to fight over what was going on in the Lord's Supper. Yeah. <laughs> Consubstantiation, transubstantiation, uh, a means of grace, or just a, uh, remembrance elements. Like, we're, we're, not, we're not saying, hey, we got to... Like, they're calling... They're calling meat what is bones. Yeah. They're, they're, or they're, they're going uh, from what is a first-tier issue to a second-tier issue and making a second-tier issue a first-tier issue. Yeah. Now, inside the body of Christ, we extend grace, and we recognize, hey, I'm in this lane, my brother's in that lane, but at least we're still on the road with Jesus. But you're not saying eat broadly, or are you saying, like, what about all those worldviews that are down there in the ditch? <laughs> I guess yeah. maybe still there's... Uh, there's some truth in some of them or at different ways, and we can be careful. And I think you, you said to us just a minute ago, hey, all truth is God's truth, so we can be confident mm. to look at that. But you're probably not saying, hey, well, look, my you know, neighbor's guru, should I go to them for spiritual direction? Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, How do you navigate that? Yeah, and it's a, it's a hard thing, and it's one of the things that we're going to quickly get into with these next two points. Okay. Because... You know, again, God owns all truth because it's his truth. Well, it's he wrote true. it. He's the author of it. It's the very first element of the biblical worldview. If it's true, it's his. But that doesn't mean that every place that may use it at some point uh, is a place that we need to run to mm-hmm. and, and digest what they're saying. I mean, that's kind of one of those key things of, of like Satan starts off with something true and then quickly turn, perverts it into something that's not. Right. And, and like so, my Muslim friend on the TV show. Yep. I'm not a Muslim now, just because yeah. he stumbled upon one thing of truth. And yep, 
And so we need to remember that scripture is sufficient and it is authoritative and that it's the key place that we go to, but we can at times, I mean, and many other times go to other places, but we need to be careful. Mm-hmm. So here are two things when I think those are difficult moments. Uh, and we need a good reminder too. So we need to eat broadly. Yeah. But when we find those places that are a little bit more difficult, or maybe a little chewier, maybe a l- has mm-hmm. a little bit more bone, we need to make sure we remember chew slowly. Hmm. Because here's what chewing ultimately is. It's testing. It's trying, it's wrestling with, and maybe it's just for a second, just tasting it to see how it goes. Like, how is it? Mm. Like, what what is going on here? It's trying to understand the argument. It's trying to understand their perspective. It's like and their when point the mechanic puts his finger in the the <laughs> stuff on your driveway and he licks it. And as a kid, I'm like, what are you doing? That's poison. Is that really what? Yeah, he's, but he's got to taste it, oh. even though it is. It's oil or it's uh, fluid. I had no of idea. Sort, and they just taste it, but. He's got to oh, chew man. it slowly. I mean, you know. And I think we, we actually do this a lot more than we think we do. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, I think one of the things, the really cool blessings here at Our Body of Grace is we have a lot of people who read widely. Mm-hmm. They do eat yeah. broadly. And they're willing to wrestle through with some of these people who that are a little difficult. And they're willing to just take their time through it. Because the reality is, again, uh, the, the, the more mature we get, the more complex things that we can eat. Right. And so it takes right. being able to savor it and to chew on it. And so savoring it doesn't always mean just enjoying it and swallowing everything. And we'll get to that in just a second. But it means that we get to spend our time with it and try to really understand it. Because my fear for many of us is, again, we are too quickly, instead of wanting to actually have to chew slowly, we just want to eat. And so if, if it takes any pain at all or there's any That's effort good. at all, we just throw it away. And we never are willing to just try it and just chew it. And maybe it's terrible and you have to spit it out, but to chew slowly. But the key here is to be careful, that we need to always remind ourselves that the further out we move from orthodoxy, the further out we move from, from purely Scripture in the Bible, mm-hmm. the more difficult it will be to eat. Again, when mm-hmm. you're opening up God's Word in your quiet time in the morning, you just eat. You don't yeah. worry. Yeah. And maybe it's something that does take a little bit. Like you're going through Romans, yeah, and yeah. you hit a point where you're like, man, I have no idea what to do with this. And you have to digest it. But you still just get to eat, and you know everything, and it's good. But as we move out from those things, we have to remember there will be moments where we hit bones. Mm. There will be things we have to throw out. That's not a problem. It's just something, it's a part of it. And most importantly, we need to remember this key thing. And one that I have to remind myself every time I open up something, I have to be careful with some writers because they're extra convincing. Hmm. We have to remember that our hearts have a certain knack for latching on to untrue things. The heart is deceitful above all else. So I think we we need to be diligent in exploring and eating. We need to be diligent in going and trying, hey, what do you got over there? Let me try that. But we need to be careful that we don't somehow lose our taste for meat over the ease and simplicity of the Mm, bone. Because there'll never be the nutrient, there'll never be the life, there'll never be the goodness that's in a bone, even if it's just sitting there, then there will be in the chewing, often slow chewing of the meat. Mm -hmm. Well, not only that, but it's error. I mean, truth and error. So confidence to eat broadly, but proper care and caution while we're chewing. Take us then to the third one, swallow carefully. Yeah, so the third one, exactly just like you said, is swallow carefully. So what we talked about is there's a difference. Uh, We talked about chewing just a second ago, but there's a difference between chewing and swallowing. So chewing is testing, trying, wrestling with, and even tasting. Swallowing is ultimately when you accept it. Huh. It's taking it in. That's it's good. it's taking that piece and and oftentimes going, okay, this is good, this is right, and I'm going to make this a part of, of me. And so as we 
broad, as we eat broadly and chew slowly, we must be very careful to only ingest the things worth owning. Like we need to hear that as we eat broadly and we should to try many things. We also need to be chewing slowly. And as we're eating broadly and chewing slowly, we must be careful to only ingest the things that are, that are worth owning hmm. the things that are worth bringing in that are worth making a part of who you are. Why? Because bones are real. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right and wrong is real. And yep. so that means there are things that are fine to chew on for a bit, but should never be swallowed. There are things because things you ingest affect you. Like we mm-hmm. know this. Yeah, that's true. Like the foods you eat affect your weight. They affect your health, your My energy. Potato chips at ten at night watching yeah. TV, man. Amen. Good. Or as you get older, as you were kind enough to to give me the acid <laughs> reflux and indigestion. You eat the wrong thing, it flares up. See the content you watch, the things mm. that you listen to, the people you follow, the things you value. They always will. They always affect you eventually, because yep. we begin to digest them, because we start making things that may have only been meant to be chewed on, or maybe even spat out, we start swallowing. Let me give you an example. And I think it's one that is uh, so prevalent right now. And we're hearing it all over our social media feeds. We're hearing it even in the news. We're hearing it in politics. We're hearing it in our churches. We're hearing it a lot. And it's this critical race theory. Hmm. And so here's, uh, and it's, a, it's an interesting one to wrestle through because of uh, the unbelievable goodness that like, so God of, of this, that of justice and injustice because God cares about justice. He does. Period. But here's the problem. When it comes to critical race theory on justice, I think the it's it seemingly cares too. Like it seemingly cares about justice as well, but I'm not always so confident that it actually does. Because here's the problem for me is when a key factor of the injustice that it tells me about is due to the color of my skin, not the content of my character, I begin to have a problem with that mm-hmm. because that starts pushing me away from the biblical worldview, from the understanding of, I, of what I know is to be meat. And I start realizing that's bone. Mm. And when you hit bone, you have to spit it out. And that's one of the problems with this, with critical race theory is, is there meat there are moments of it, but we always need to be careful because it is also filled with bone. Mm-hmm. But it's where we're at. Yeah. And we have to be able to distinguish between the two. It's a great example. It's it's very helpful and um, and thought-provoking because yeah. it's not always easy to hear that. It's a little countercultural. But we're not living in monasteries. God's called us to live in the world, and he sends us out into the world uh, everywhere where we work, our families, our neighborhoods, classmates, and this is a good thing. And it's just helpful to be reminded to eat broadly, <laughs> Yeah, you know, to chew slowly. I mean, my dog doesn't chew a thing. Like <laughs> It goes right down her throat, and who knows what she's eating, but yeah. to chew slowly and then to swallow carefully. Um, I like that. I like the confidence that you're giving us, the caution that you're calling us to, but the hope, because all truth is God's truth, and we can find the meat, and we can latch on to where there's meat, and then we can be discerning to avoid the bones. And then when we come across a bone, we don't have to throw out the whole steak. We can just say, yep, there's a bone. I'm getting rid of that yeah. and keeping the meat that's there. Ben, thank you so much. Absolutely. So good. Um, I feel like we probably will 
want to do a follow-up on this in a few months because I just feel like we're touching the surface. Maybe we could do it on dessert. Yeah. (laughs) Chew the cake and spit out the icing. No, I don't know. Ben, thanks so much. And everybody else, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. This is a ministry of Grace Fellowship Church in Kinston, North Carolina. Visit gracekinston.org or follow us on Facebook and Instagram.